This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another LinkedIn Live with your yours truly, Mr. Productivity, Mark Stucheski. Whatever you want to call me, just don't call me late for dinner because I love food too much. And we are going to be talking a lot about cybersecurity on the show today. And uh, I got a wonderful guest. Get ready. Get your questions. Go in the comments. Ask questions. We're going to be answering your questions because Dana has a bunch of information. But who am I? I just told you, I'm Mark Stuchowski, also known as MrProductivity.com. That's my, where's the camera? There's my website. Go there, get my top five productivity tips absolutely free. It's my gift to you. Without any further ado, Dana, welcome to my LinkedIn Live. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Now, we were talking before we went live that as long as there is the internet, social media, human beings, phones, computers, you're going to have plenty of people to help. Unfortunately, yes, unfortunately. <laughs> so I know there's a lot going on in the world of cybersecurity, but what are your top one or two pet peeves that you see that is that's going on that you wish you could eliminate today? I mean, I know you want to eliminate all of it, but what are the top two you you want to? Well, as far as what people are doing to hurt themselves or as far yes. as who they're... T- okay, what the, yes. well, the, the number one thing I always talk about is passwords and passwords, passwords, passwords. Everybody doesn't want to change. Nobody wants to change their password because they think, oh, I'm not going to remember it. You know, that's that's what it is. So they have the same login, which is their email and the same password for everything. And that's not good, especially because these data breaches, you know, a little tiny Grubhub, for example, has a data breach. You're thinking, oh, no big deal, just a food delivery service. But it's got your username and your password. So they take that information, sell it on the dark web, probably a dollar. And then they go off and they look into Bank America, Facebook. They see what accounts they can get into with that information. And unfortunately, they get into a lot of things. And I will tell you that I have my passwords are between 10 and 20 characters long, alphanumeric, uppercase, lowercase, special characters, the whole nine yards. And I don't reuse a password unless it's something like my fantasy football league when I used to do that. And there's nothing involved. So if you want to go in and change my teams, that's all you're going to be able to do. You, I don't use weak passwords for anything. And the thing is, we have these things called password managers. So you only need to remember one password. And it does everything for you. I prefer Apple's Keychain Manager. There's LastPass. There's Dashlane. There's uh, countless others. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to remember every password. You just get the app, hook it up, and let it go, right? Yes, absolutely. But you know, it's the comfort level with that. It's people feeling comfortable with, you know, well, now I'm going to be putting my passwords in here. And so, and how do I manage it? How do I get it to work? You know, there's a lot of little intimidation when it comes to using that for some people. Some people have no problem. They just put it on and put their passwords in there and then boom, they're off to the races. But I think that's, that may be a little bit of the reason why some people don't feel comfortable using them. I, is password one, two, three, four, the still the most used password as, uh, as the latest research? Actually, one, two, three, four, five, six oh. <laughs> is the number one password <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's just crazy. I mean, I, I I wonder what people are thinking when they're you know they're get a new app, they sign on to a new service, and you know at least on my Mac it'll say they'll suggest the password, but most people because they are afraid they're going to forget it, so they're just reusing them over and over again, and they're not stopping to think about hundreds of sites that you're using the same password and to your point earlier you get hacked at one account then they're going to just keep logging into all these accounts and all of a sudden you wake up one day you have no money left mm-hmm. well i think you know 
the biggest thing is speed, 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 speed. Nobody wants to be slowed down for anything. Nobody wants to have to stop and put another password in or, or two-factor authentication. Another great thing to help you secure yourself. Oh, that's going to take time. Now I got to go over here. And so that's what it is, is that we're, we're path of least resistance, uh, path of least resistant people by nature. And that's part of the reason why we try to avoid anything and anything that's going to stop us. So for people who don't know what two-factor authentication is, could you explain it for us, please? Sure. So basically, you log into your account, and then it will send another notification to another, typically a, a notification to your cell phone with a number. And then you take that number and you plug it into the um, screen you're trying to log into. So it's trying to make sure, okay, well, maybe this person has this person's credentials, but do they have their cell phone? So chances are they, they may not. And just another little added layer to have to get through if you're trying to get into that account. I wish more companies uh, offered that. I think Amazon just started offering it. Mm -hmm. for long, they were a holdout for a long time because why wouldn't you want to help your customers protect their data? And more and more companies are doing it. The thing is an Apple fan I like is my two-factor goes to my watch, my iPhone, my iPad, my Mac. It's, it's really cool. It goes everywhere. And I don't know how Android or Windows works. I don't have any of those systems. Uh, do they have a similar system as well? Yes, Android. I have an Android. Yep. Okay. Very similar. Do you think we're ever going to see the end of passwords? I've seen some articles written on the interwebs over the last couple of months that people want to get rid of passwords. I don't know if they want to rely strictly. Like I, I have face ID on my iPhone, but when you restart your phone or turn it off and turn it back on again, you have to enter the manual password, which by the way, mine is not a pin code. Mine is like a long password. It takes time, but my, my iPhone is pretty much secure because you did have a post on that too long, uh, not too long ago. You know, people have those big numbers on their phone and they're hitting one, two, three, four or zero, 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 zero. I'm like, and if I see someone like, I know, I just know what your pin number is. I'm like, oh, why are you watching? I'm like, I can't help it. You're sitting here hitting <laughs> zero, 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 zero right in front of me. How can I miss it? And so. I think on most of the advanced phones, you can go into settings and say, I don't want the pin. I want to have an alphanumeric password, which, as I'm sure you you know, you agree, is more secure for your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you could do a shape. Some of them do a shape. Yes. Um, you know, they have all kinds of different little things that you can do. And as far as if I don't know, if passwords are ever going to go away. But I have heard and spoken to a, a few gentlemen that are working on these companies that the device you're using can literally tell if it's you that's typing in the password. So I could type in the password. You could come sit at my computer and type the exact same password in, and it will know that it's not you typing it in. Wow. So whether you're sitting at my computer or somewhere else, it will know. And, and I said, well, how does that even work? And they said, it just, it measures everything. It measures every little pause. It gets used to how you, how you type on a normal basis. You know, if you start taking too long typing it in. So it's, it's like 99% accurate and they're working on like more enterprise Wow. Um, pages right now, but I'm sure that will eventually trickle down to. Uh, That's amazing. People. I thought it was pretty cool. Wow. Now let's talk about the infamous Nigerian prince. I mm -hmm. mean, everybody has gotten either a phone call or an email and it breaks my heart when I see the elderly. It really burns my britches when I see the elderly get suckered in this and someone says, I'll give you $5 million. I just need a $500 processing fee, but don't send me a check. You got to go get like iTunes gift cards and they fall for it because a lot of elderly that they're preying on are people who don't have any money and they're like, wow, what I could do with that money. And then they lose everything. Because once you give them access, you know, the $500, they're gone. And I don't know what, the, what can the government do or technology can do to prevent that? 
I don't really think there's anything we can do right now with that. But the other thing is, is that a lot of, there's a lot more of it because a lot of it goes unreported because the older people don't want their kids to think, oh, maybe they, you know, I'm not going to trust I can manage my money or that I can take care of myself. So a lot of the time they're, they're very embarrassed and they don't, they don't share it with anybody. I've had lots of people that they message me on um, LinkedIn and, and they tell me, and I feel like they just need to get it off their chest. I would never reveal anybody's information, but um, it's, it's awful. It really is just awful. And that's what they, they know that they're lonely. They know that they're trusting and um, they know that they'll, they'll follow directions. The other big scam with the, with the seniors is the grandparent scam where they'll find out, you know, your grandchild's name. They'll call up, they'll pretend that they're the grandchild, some crazy emergencies going on, like they're in jail in Mexico or something. And the grandparent has to, uh, you know, Western Union, $2,500 right now, but please don't tell my parents, you know, and oh no, Johnny's in jail in Mexico, you know? And they don't stop to think, this sounds ridiculous because they're mm. playing off of the emotions that, oh no, something's happened to my grandson. And they don't get off of that. They just, oh, I got to do whatever I can to help. And, you know, unfortunately they fall for a lot of those too. Wow, that is so sad. Uh, talk to us about ransomware. I've been reading I, on, on Apple News on my iPhone. I follow a lot of technology, cyber technology stuff and cybersecurity. And it seems like ransomware is like blossoming over the last couple of years. So first of all, tell us, for those of us who don't know what it is, what it is and how, what are, how are companies deciding to deal with this? Uh, that's a good question. So basically what happens is somebody will click on an email and it will download malware and it will lock up the system. And then the scammers will say, you have to pay us money and then we'll, you know, free up your data, open up your system, whatever, whatever they've done. So that's what they do. And to decide, sometimes they do have to pay, you know, the ransom, um, you know, contact their IT department, see if they can get, get into it or, you know, whatever the case may be, but it's a big thing. And speaking of that, the phishing emails that are going around that are, you know, holding on to these this malware, they're getting really good looking. I mean, they look like they're from FedEx or Amazon. It's not the text message, you know, misspellings from the Nigerian prince yep. that we used to get. They're very, very good. And, you know, if you're ordering online and all of a sudden you get a message from quote unquote Amazon saying, hey, here's the status of your package. And, oh, let me let me check it. And boom, that's all you need to do. And something bad's on your computer. Yeah. Well, I always tell my, my dad is 79 years old. And I always tell him, if you get an email from your mortgage lender, whatever the case may be, don't click on the link, go to Safari, type in Bank of America and log in that way. That way, you know, it's secure because you're right. They're really good. You can't tell just by looking at them because the misspellings are pretty much gone away. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about what are some of the things I know you talk a lot about LinkedIn. What are some of the hot topics you've been talking about lately that you really are trying to get the word out to help people? Well, one thing I haven't really done too many videos on this, but I'm educating myself and I'm about to launch a bunch of videos is on the Internet of Things. And what that is, is all these smart devices that are connected. You know, let's start with at the home. We got refrigerators, thermostats, doorbells, you name it. Everything's going to be connected to the Wi-Fi. And the problem is, is that these are regular people, non-technical people that are getting this these devices. They're so excited, right? They get home, they take it out of the box. They can't wait. Let's just go plug it in. Boom. Now they, they're off to the races with using that. And they're not stopping and changing the default passwords. They're not thinking, you know, wait, let me let me go check the settings. Because sometimes those devices have privacy settings that are more advantageous for the manufacturer than for the end user. So you should stop and go through some of those things. So I'll be doing a little bit more um, information on that because that's obviously only getting more and more every day. These uh, devices are popping up in our house. Yes. Now here at this house, we have an Apple HomePod. Now, Apple's big thing is privacy. I heard the story a couple of years ago where someone had an Amazon, 
Is it the Amazon Echo? And the kid was Alexa. Thank you. And they were ordering stuff from from Amazon. I I guess Amazon is taking care of that. So the kid kept saying, I want to order this or I want this. And next thing you know, the parents, it shows up at the house. And so I don't know if Amazon took care of that or not, but I know some companies are more like Google is sniffing everything. I pay for G Suite. It's still sniffing all my stuff. And that's why I went over to Apple because they're more secure. I realize that privacy is pretty much gone in the, in this, uh, in our society today. I mean, we can protect ourselves to a point, but what are your thoughts on these, uh, virtual assistants, these home, these, what do you call them? Uh, what do they call the home pods and the Alexas, the artificial? Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Yeah, well, like virtual assistants. So yes. like, let's say Alexa. So Alexa is listening. So you need to go into the privacy settings and you can choose, you know, when you want Alexa to be listening. But Alexa is listening. And it, it was funny the other day. I'm, I'm trying out um, this new app that I'm work- maybe working with this company. And uh, it takes care of protecting your cell phone. And if you lose your cell phone, it will take a picture if somebody picks it up and they're trying to get into it, send you their oh, location. Wow. It's, it's really, really awesome. So anyway, when I put it on my um, phone, it came up and it said, you know, all these vulnerabilities. And it went in there and it said, you know, uh, these are ones that are listening all the time. And it showed me apps that are listening all the time. And Alexa came up on there. And I thought, <laughs> why do I even have an Alexa app on my phone? I don't, but it came with the phone. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So that, uh, yeah, they're listening. They're listening. Now, on your Android phone, one of the things that came with iOS 14 for the iPhone is it's got lights that light up when the microphone's being used and when the camera's being used. Because that's the thing. People are like, okay, like, how do I know the camera's not working? How do I know the camera's not filming me? And so Apple instituted this. As a matter of fact, every app on the iPhone now cannot bypass this. So if it, if it, asks, if it requests the camera, it's got to ask you specifically. And then every time it uses the camera or the microphone, it's got to show an indicator light. That's just brand new. They just started putting it on. So do you think companies like Apple and Google and other manufacturers, you think they're starting to come out and really help us as a consumer to protect ourselves more? Well, I think they realize that this they've created a huge problem. Uh, there's a great movie that I'm telling everybody and anybody that they should see. It's on Netflix. If you have access to Netflix, it's called The Social Dilemma. And it interviews all the big wigs that started Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all that. And they talk about the psychology that went behind these these social media platforms. And the whole entire purpose and goal is to keep your attention and keep you on that platform. And they track every single thing from how long you scroll, the length of your pauses. If you end your, your sentence with a period or an exclamation point, who you interact with, they track who your friends are, 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 are interacting with and what's happening. It's insane at the end of that movie you're like whoa so after i watched it i contacted some of the people that made that movie i said listen i want to help this is this is really bad we gotta we gotta start having people start talking to each other face to face and creating that human relationship that the kids are completely losing and so they directed me to a website called digital future initiative and it was great because it's got tons of information for parents and it's also uh, you can get certified if somebody wants to speak about this. So I got certified to be a speaker and I pull lots of information out and I use it in some of my um, talks, even with adults, because a lot of adults are we're doing the same thing. We're on these devices, too. So mm-hmm. it's pretty scary. They know every single thing about you. Wow. Facebook said that they know more about you than your family with 150 likes. If you do 150 likes and they said they know more about you than your spouse knows after you do 300 likes. Wow. 
crazy. That is scary. Well, I think I spend five minutes of Facebook, maybe every 90 days. I hate Facebook. I don't, I don't like Instagram. I like LinkedIn. And I'm not saying LinkedIn is perfect. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just like LinkedIn. That's where my tribe is. But you brought up kids. Now, when I was born in 1965, I wasn't given an iPhone when I was born. Apparently, when you're born, you're given an iPhone, an iPad, uh, a watch and everything. And yeah. I didn't, you know, I was in 12th grade, 1983, when I got my first got go in the computer lab. That was a big thing when I was a senior. Got to go to computer lab and use the Apple Apple II, I think it was. Now kids get them in such a young age. But now I'm really concerned with kids with TikTok and YouTube. I mean, because kids don't understand. You go on there and then the whole world can see it. And of course, we have all these, you know, sexual predators on there. Mm-hmm. And, and kids don't have the the reasoning that us adults, well, most of us adults have and realize that, hey, you know, when you put something on there, that anybody could see that if you make it public. And so do you ever deal, do you deal with kids and, and parents as well? Yeah, I do. I talk, I talk to kids and I talk to parents and the thing with the kids, they don't believe you when you say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. This is a big deal. They really don't. They wholeheartedly, they trust their devices. They trust their quote unquote friends that they have on these devices. And I always say to them, how many people in your quote unquote friends have you actually met face to face? Because it's not 3,000, I can tell you that, you know? <laughs> it's true. They're like, oh, no, I know that person from softball. You know, they don't know half these people. And then some other kids just want to have a lot of friends, connections. So mm-hmm. they they let anybody into their network. It's really, really scary. So now that person has access to watch all your stuff, look at all your stuff. And some of these girls that post this, some of the stuff is really inappropriate yes. for their age and in general. Yeah, I never understood the whole sexting thing. I mean, I never did. And when I first started hearing about it years ago, and I'm like, why would you want to do that? Because once you don't think about when you take a picture of your body inappropriately and you send it to someone, well, you're trusting that person not to forward it to all their friends. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of trust. And I think when you're kids, you think it's just going to your, 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 your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But what if you break up and it's a nasty breakup? Now the whole school sees it and they don't think about it because they don't have the reasoning to go, uh oh, I can't recall that picture. And so I think people and even adults, we need to stop before mm-hmm. we send anything. Uh, do I want this to be up on Times Square? Do I want this to be on TV everywhere? And I think we're in such a hurry because we're in technology. Go, go, go. I think just slow down and be careful what we're posting. Yeah, definitely. And there's a thing called sextortion. And what that is, is, is you know, somebody, let's just say it's a, a guy who's a very good looking guy and he can, kind of finds a vulnerable girl and you know they quote unquote are dating. And then he convinces her to send these photos. And then he says, you know what, now I'm going to send these photos to your parents, to everybody and anybody, and you have to work it off. And then they make oh, wow. trafficking, you know, <sighs> prostitution. It's terrible. It's really, really terrible. I had never heard of that until right now. Mm-hmm. That is disgusting. It, oh my gosh. You know, I love, I, I love technology, but I think technology is a blessing and a curse. And whether it's a blessing and a curse depends on you. Okay. Especially if you're an adult, you have to take responsibility. I remember a couple of years ago, Apple came out with screen time and I think Google's got something similar, but I don't think it's up to technology companies to police us. I think it's our responsibility. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And we have got to get back to having, you know, device free dinners, sitting down with our family, having discussions, going outside for a walk, doing all these things, because it's really getting to the point where 
these kids, they get a device when, I don't know, they're, let's say, eight years old, and that's their new community. That's how they communicate. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not even able to express their emotions the way you used to have to tell someone your emotions. Now they're just typing in their emotions to who they're talking to. God only knows, right? Yes. But that we need we need to, and the parents have to start, start doing that. Because we didn't grow up with these devices, so we don't mm -hmm. understand the way that they're impacting the way the kids, their morals their, you know, their judgment on, on what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing. It's all being influenced by their little world that they're seeing 24 seven on these devices. And one thing I see that's really disturbing is kids love emojis and emojis are fun, but when you can't spell a word, your went from Y O U R to you are now it's an emoji. And it's like, so you're going to go to college and you can take your exam in emojis. I mean, I mean, emojis are fun, but you got to be able to have complete sentences. But I, I just think right. people are sharing too much. Um, who's that guy? Anthony Weiner. Remember what a odd name for someone who's sexy. I mean, if there's one person you'd say when this, someone told me what his name was, I'm like, come on, that's mm -hmm. not his name. But I mean, he was a grown adult. I mean, don't you think you're going to get caught? I mean, it's just, I don't know, maybe because I'm 55 and I grew up without in, in the internet and cell phones and stuff like that. I'm just amazed. And I watch your videos. I'm like, are you serious? People are falling through those scams. And I guess because I have taken my, the responsibility to say, look at, it's my job to protect me. And so when I watch a lot of your videos, I'm like, well, got that checked, got that checked. But I know a lot of people you talk to, they're like, really? And does it, does that, does that, does that concern you when people are shocked when you tell them these things? It does. And part of the reason why I even started doing these videos was, you know, after we developed our product, we have an identity theft protection product. Mm -hmm. And I realized this is such a, everyone's still so proactive with this because they do not realize the risks that are going on out there with the identity theft and cyber crimes. So I wanted to do start making some videos that were, you know, in very layman terms where everybody could understand them, because I think that's part of the problem with why our fight against cybercrime has really been an uphill battle. The bigger it gets, the more money we throw at it. And we're not getting anywhere. Um, I think because they talk too technical, we have the technical people, which we need, obviously, the ones that are developing all these firewalls and all this stuff. I am not a technical person at all. And neither are the people that I'm talking to. So my goal was that if at the end of the video, they can remember or learn one little thing and then actually apply it, you know, let's say six months down the road, their computer goes black and this big message pops up here, tech support call. They're going to maybe say, wait a minute, I don't think I should do that. Mm. Maybe they wouldn't have thought about that if they hadn't seen the video. You had a video a couple of days ago, which amazed me. You said, lock your phone. And when I saw that video, because I commented, I'm like, who doesn't lock their phone? But apparently... People are not locking their phones, which to me is crazy because our lives are on our phones. Who did not lock their phones? I mean, is it laziness or what's going on there? It's definitely laziness. And then the other thing you got to think about is you're automatically, if you don't have two-factor authentication, you're automatically logged in to all your accounts. So yes. somebody can get your phone. They get into your Facebook account. They get into your Amazon account. They're, they're, everything that you have on your phone, which is pretty much your whole entire life, they can get into your pictures. Mm -hmm. You can do anything. So everybody really, really, really should do that. But it's the same reason why people don't change their passwords. Wow. Well, I have a very complicated password to unlock my iPhone. So by the time you figure out how to crack it, I probably just, I probably like locked it out from my, my Mac. But mm -hmm. I think if you're going to use like zero, 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 zero to unlock your phone, if you take nothing else from this live with Dana, please change your pin code. Don't, and I would change it regularly if you're going to use the pin. Um, but if you can, I, can you do it on Android? Can you make it alphanumeric instead of the pin? I think you can. Okay. I do think you can. I haven't looked. I have a pixel now. I just got a pixel. Okay. So I haven't looked to see if you can do it on that one. Probably. I bet the pixel I will let you do it. Yeah, probably. 
Okay, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with us about how we can be uh, make sure we're being our most secure per, uh, versions of ourselves with our technology? Oh, with our technology. Well, I think that you know, when it comes to emails, for example, I think everybody should stop, slow down, and then hover over where it says where the email is from. If you hover over in the bottom left-hand corner, it will show you you know, where that link is going to. If, you, if there's a link in there, you hover over it. And if it looks like it's going somewhere else, then it's not to Amazon. It's that link is not going to uh, be a good link. So that's one little thing. And like you had mentioned before, I tell people this, if you get something in, in response to an order you have or something, don't click on the, the email, go back to the internet and then go to the um, company's website and log in that way and check. Or you can always just go to the Amazon app and you get it that way as well. Um, let's see. A LinkedIn user says, I like the facial recognition on my iPhone security, except when I wear a mask. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one problem. Everybody's coming up with face ID. And then we had this thing called COVID. So you have to pull your mask down and unlock the phone. But, yeah. but that's where the advantage is if you were using a four pin, a four number pin, I've got you beat because mine's like pretty long. It takes you a while to get in my phone, but I know if you take it and walk away with it, you're not going to get in my phone, which is kind of important. Mm-hmm. So let me show everybody your website, Dana. Um, it is right here, identityprotectionplanning.com. What are we going to see when we go there? Uh, well, there's a couple little tips in there. You can get in touch with me. Um, there's some articles on there. How to freeze your credit, how to freeze your children's credit, mm-hmm. because that's done differently. Um, there's a, there's a lot of resources in there, that kind of thing. It has a link to our, our identity theft protection plans, which are, it's called Identron. So there's some stuff in there. And you, you brought up a good point about freezing your credit report. I did that about four years ago. And now if someone wants to like open a credit card in my name and they hit any of the credit bureaus, I get a phone call and it's free, but I think people just got to take five minutes, figure out how to do it and do it. And mm-hmm. do it for your children as well, because the last thing you want to do is have your children's identity get stolen, and then they can't get credit to buy a house because you didn't protect their credit report. And it's not that hard. I mean, it's you know you have to figure out how to do it, but I think anybody could do it, right? It's not that hard, right? No, it's actually startling, startling how easy it is. Basically, it's called synthetic identity, and you take a real child's social security number with a fake name and a fake date of birth, and they apply for a credit card. Goes off to the to the bank, goes off to the credit bureau, and the credit bureau goes back to the bank. Says we don't have any history of this name with the social security number, so it gets denied. The identity thief does it again with that same exact information. Goes to the bank, goes to the credit bureau. Credit bureau will go back to the bank. We didn't find any credit history, but we did see that a credit file was started back, you know, whatever when. So the bank will say, well, we'll give you a small approval, maybe three hundred dollars a month max. And boom, that social security number is off to the races with that completely different identity and uh, goes undetected for years and years. And unfortunately, most of the time when it is detected is when that child is possibly uh, looking for a college loan. And you know, all of a sudden you're looking into this mess shows up. So, oh, my gosh, that is, you know, this is I'm glad you're you're out there doing this because. People need to follow you on LinkedIn. They need to go to your website. They need to become aware of this. They need to take responsibility for themselves and their children because I don't foresee a day in our future this is going to go away. And so you can either you know play Russian roulette and eventually you get caught or you can protect yourself. So uh, Dana puts a lot of great videos out on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure you're probably other words, other words, uh, other sites too, right? I am not really. LinkedIn's kind of my thing. Oh, good I, girl. Every, every, yeah, I know. Every so you should be on Facebook. You should be on YouTube. So sometimes I do put my videos on there, but I'm not very good. I don't really know those sites very well. So I, I probably should get someone to help me. But 
LinkedIn. I'm only definitely. I'm only on LinkedIn, and I I love your videos because they're short, they're the to the point, and they're always I always learn something, even though I'm doing most of what you what you talk about, which I feel kind of good at because you're a cybersecurity expert, and I'm always checking the box and like oh I'm doing pretty good, so <laughs> not perfect, but it, it gives me a test. So I love your videos. Go follow uh, Dana on LinkedIn, and before I let you go, I got two favors to ask everyone here. Please, as soon as this live ends, or if you're watching the replay, like, comment, and share because I want this information. I want LinkedIn to pick up this this this, this content she shared with us and share it with the world. So would you do that? I really appreciate it. And then if you would go to mrproductivity.com, get my top five productivity tips. You can even find out about the new program I'm excited about. It's my digital productivity program. I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. Go to mrproductivity.com for all the details. Dana, this is so fun. Thank you for coming on the live and making us more aware of all the things that are out there that are trying to destroy our lives and how we can become proactive to combat that. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was very nice talking to you. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my October 16th training, The Power and How of Routines. You can either click the link here in the show notes from this podcast episode, or you can click the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.